How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Cyber Clinic Central Podcast. My name is George, and today I'm joined with... Mehdi Abed. How are you doing today, Mehdi? I'm doing well. How are you? That was very professional. What? That was extremely professional. <laughs> you know, I've been, I've been practicing for the podcast a little bit, you know, try to get my foot in the door. I've been listening to some podcasts, but... All right. Yeah, well, yeah, you did pretty good there. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hopefully we can carry that on to the, the future ones as well. I hope so. So um, why are we here? Well, we're here because we've uh we've been uh making a bit of a blip in social media mm-hmm. some videos and you know it's all fun and games but sometimes we gotta have a platform to talk seriously about what's going on as far as the concepts that we try to cover in social in our social media accounts and actually explain what it is that we're actually talking about in those skits because not everybody's going to be able to understand them uh maybe People can look it up, but I mean, we don't want to have people just kind of be confused from our content. So we've had comments with people saying, right. what are you talking about? Right. So what we do is um, essentially on TikTok, uh, Instagram reels, YouTube shorts, we create a lot of fun reels, fun, short videos that kind of make parodies of a lot of cybersecurity concepts. Now to the regular Joe, who does not too informed on cybersecurity or they only hear about ransomware in the news. They might, that might be an impression like, Hey, maybe it's not that serious. These guys are poking too much fun of it, yeah. but that is not the case. That is why we're there's talking de- about definitely it. Definitely not the intent there. Right. We, we do, we do the comedic comedic sketches because we're trying to kind of make something that's will stick to your mind and maybe you'll remember it if something that's entertained you, but it's definitely not something that you should be taking lightly at all. And, yeah. that's, and that's why we're here. Right. Because we definitely want to just kind of really deliver the uh, the seriousness of the topic to the people that are uh, maybe our clients, maybe people who just find us randomly online. Right. So let's um, let's backtrack before all the skits and everything. Let's talk about who who are we? Who is the free cyber clinic? You know, what is this cyber clinic central? They've heard cyber clinic a few times already in the past couple minutes. Yeah. Who are we? Where do we get our start? So from the perspective of anybody listening to this podcast, that's not a student. The Free Cyber Clinic is an organization, student-led organization. Students, yep, student-led organization out of UNLV that wants to help small businesses, or what they refer to sometimes as micro businesses, um, improve their cyber uh, posture, just mm-hmm. in general. So we are trying to do assessments of the uh, business. We actually show up to the business. We uh, walk around, look around. Um, look at the physical security, look at the cybersecurity, look at the vulnerabilities, risks, and so on and so forth. And we identify any problems. We talk to the business owner about it. And then we try to kind of draw a line between um, the problems that they're having and solutions they can implement. Because um, we're not asking anybody, for example, to get a sock right. in a mom and pop <laughs> shop, right? But we are trying to at least give, make people do common sense things that is going to probably get you 90% of the way to a secure shop. Um, the reason I said earlier that it really also, what is the free cyber clinic depends on your point of view is because if you're a student, that the whole definition kind of changes, right? Right. So what, what would that be? Yeah. So this free cyber clinic, we're kind of hitting on two major points. Um, 
right now in cybersecurity, if you want, it's not the same um, as other job fields. So for example, a common example I like to use is software engineering or software development. The path is a little more clear. You go to school, you can do your undergrad in computer science, you know, you get your experience, you do some fun projects, maybe you get an internship one summer and they have entry level jobs that are set out for you in the workforce right now that you could go to apply for and they're made early career jobs are made for people straight out of college. Yep. Okay. Translate that over to cybersecurity. What's an entry level job requirement in cybersecurity? Okay. You need security plus yeah. network plus three years of experience um, in the field. Um, you know, and you start reading these requirements on the job application. You're like, this doesn't sound too entry level. Like yeah. I just got my degree in computer science and, you know, for a lot of students, like it's really, really not too many universities to my knowledge have like a bachelor's in cybersecurity program yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, up until this point, it's like you're doing like an IT or computer science networking as well or networking as well. Yeah. So how are you supposed to bridge that gap between, you know, getting your formal education and getting into the workforce? So, yeah. And, and just to be clear, it's not because of, you know, for some reason, there's some sort of evil cabal that's <laughs> preventing, preventing people from uh, getting entry level jobs in cyber. It's, it's a consequence of the nature. It's a vicious circle. Mm -hmm. There's not enough people in cyber. Therefore, there's not enough people to get people into cyber. It's, it's kind of weird because if they had the people to train you, then they would bring you in as an entry level. Right. But what they need immediately is a competent professional that can do the job with experience because they don't have the time to wait for you to get ready. Because right, right now we need cybersecurity immediately. Right now something's happening. We're at risk of attack. Something's up. So we don't have time. And I think that's the story with a lot of places because like a lot yeah. of places did consider cybersecurity, like a lot of, a lot of large, large corporations. Mm. So they're kind of like, hey, like we're behind now. We, it's not like Microsoft has like years and years worth of software engineers where they could just, we could train you in-house, do all this. Right. So we need you be, to protect us today. Right. So you can't, it's not, it's not one of those situations where you say, like, well, cyber is just unique. I think that any job, honestly, that is just kind of starting to spin up its wheels for how important it is and how much staff it requires will probably have this problem because mm -hmm. you're at the beginning of the road. You're at the beginning of the road, right? It's not, there's no road to follow. So, I mean, obviously this does not pertain to everyone. There's plenty of schools out there that probably have some really awesome internships that they're probably sending people to. <laughs> um, there's probably a lot of uh, uh, pathways. Um, there's people who, like, if you go to a boot camp, for example, maybe they have a hookup somewhere. Right, right. To get you a, a quick job right away, mm -hmm. making really good money. So what, what, we're, what we're trying to say, I guess, is not that um, this is a problem that cannot be solved with anything but the free cyber clinic. But one of the biggest facets of the free cyber clinic is trying to bridge that gap by actually just giving them what they want. While these students are in their undergrad, you know, pursuing their bachelor's degree, even their master's degree, we have a lot of grad students in our program. You and I are grad students yeah, in the program. Yeah. So you're able to get that experience while you're in school. So, hey, by the time that you graduate with your bachelor's degree, suddenly that conversation is like, hey, I have two, maybe even three years if you get in early, yeah. worth of experience of applying cybersecurity maturity frameworks um, to small businesses. I have a couple certifications because one of the things that we offer in the Free Cyber Clinic is certifications and certification training. Yeah. So we kind of produce 
a better candidate through through the free cyber clinic and help. We're just another outlet to kind of, like you said, bridge that gap. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, the byproduct of that is also networking um, uh, in the sense of knowing people, not networking as in, <laughs> um, we're not talking about ports here. We're right. talking about networking face to face talking. So, so, uh, networking, you kind of get to know people. So we're also trying to, you know, as I mentioned before with that road, right, we are trying to pave a road too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if a member of the free cyber clinic were to become a CISO someday, maybe they can look back and say, well, I need some staff. I need something. And, and, I, and I can count on the free cyber clinic membership to be pretty dedicated because it is a lot of work. It's a lot of volunteer work. A lot of people also have uh, jobs on top of it. Plus uh, people have their school commitments just inherently. Right. Yeah. So that road is being built, is being paved by what we're trying to do. So that's from the student perspective. Mm -hmm. Now from the business perspective, which we already covered. Yeah. But I feel like there's more to be talked about uh, on that topic because one of the biggest what threat vectors you would say in cybersecurity, one of the biggest gaps that's not secured is small businesses, micro businesses. Right. So, yes. So when you, when you, uh, and we've had conversations several times with, with, uh, some of these, um, third party companies that do cybersecurity work. Right. Right. Uh, you got your consulting firms, you got your, uh, managed service providers and so on and so forth. Um, all of them, would love to. And in fact, a lot of them help us out significantly. We've had some really great mentors, people who basically said, look, you guys are doing great work. We want to uh, hire you when you graduate, so on and so forth. But when you say, hey, how come nobody is helping the small mom, mom and pop shop? Right. Well, it all comes down to business. It's not very profitable. You have to expend an insane amount of resources. And your return on investment is almost nothing. Correct. Yeah. And I'll even, even just, if you, that, yeah, you just spent, you just spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on some kind of brand new cybersecurity tool to do automatic monitoring of, of traffic from uh, a mom and pop shop. <laughs> and then, and then, and then you're, you're going to ask them, all right, I'm going to need you to pay $20,000 a year for me to monitor your stuff with my sock. It's not realistic. It's insanity. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. This is not going to happen. And then there's, of course, other people, government types that also praise us and has, have helped us out quite a lot. But when you ask them, well, how come you're not doing it? They say, we are doing it. We are doing it. And you say, all right, well, how? Right. And well, we have this website. We have these tools. We built them. We spent millions of dollars. But there's not a lot of like. But who's looking? Who's looking? You know, uh, cybersecurity. Um, from a small business perspective, a lot of the times, a lot of businesses haven't even considered it. A lot of small businesses haven't considered it. It's not even, you know, they're concerned about staffing, inventory, stuff that a small businesses are typically more concerned about. And they're kind of oblivious to the fact that they, they are in that, you know, threat. Yeah. They, they're, they're the biggest. Right. Because I mean, and and I've said this before, uh, but I'll say it for the sake of the podcast, of course, um, the, Bad guys, quote unquote, right? They will, they will, they will eventually come to a wall where they're, they're going to probably say to themselves, "All right, well, I am trying to hack this big company, mm-hmm. but man, are their defenses on point? Look at that! Now we are starting to generate more talent uh, in cybersecurity that is actually standing up and defending these big corporations, and they're right. getting paid a, a a good amount of money to do so, mm-hmm. six figures now. Okay." 
I'll just make up for the difference by attacking 200 small businesses. Right? I mean, honestly, that's just everyone. That's just humanity. You go for the, for, for the easiest thing. You go for the lowest hanging fruit. Exactly. So, and we've already, I mean, we've done our research on this and, and uh, I think we might have it on our website, but um, there's already a, a visible trend, a shift in uh, uh, targets from those big targets mm-hmm. to like, I'm not saying that's a, you get what I did there. <laughs> Basically target. Yeah. But, um, there's a big shift going on now between uh, uh, going for uh, the large corporations and trying to kind of strike it big you know, to attacking small, smaller businesses with uh, in particular with things like ransomware asking for a grand or two mm-hmm. and just do a couple. You do a couple, you because, do a few. Because there's absolutely nobody really standing in your way. Nobody's monitoring exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where who we are in a business from a small business perspective. Right. We provide um, service to them. We have a we have a motto. We we like to say we care about small businesses. Um, care stands for cybersecurity assessment, remediate, remediation, and education. Yeah. Um, that's essentially our from the beginning to the end process that we implement with small businesses. Yeah. Um, you touched on earlier with the assessment. Um, we go into the remediation and through each part of this the um, process we're educating them along the way so by the time that we're finished with the small businesses they themselves the business owner and the employees have a little bit better understanding of cybersecurity itself which i think is very key because the more you understand cybersecurity the more you're aware of cybersecurity the more you take it seriously and the more you're willing to do more about it so so just again for the sake of 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 uh, kind of highlighting the points that we want to make here there's there's really two types of people that we've run into while doing our assessments and our remediations and so on. We have the, the the kind of individual who just really does not care about cyber whatsoever. They are literally looking at us as just a passing breeze. We're going to come by, do a bunch of work for them, look around, hand them a report at the end, mm-hmm. tell them what we can and can't remediate, and then they can get back to doing what they actually want to do, which is their business. And then we come through and all of a sudden we start making some comments. Oh, well, look at this. And we hand you a big report. Hey, look at this. And that person's mind maybe starts to change. Well, at least from what I've seen, mm-hmm. it's like maybe, oh my God, maybe this was a big deal. Maybe this was something I should have been concerned about. I don't want my business to shut down. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other, the other kind, the other kind who is, they, they watch the news and they read some articles. They say, for example, I know that I'm, 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 I'm in trouble. I know that I'm in trouble, please. Um, I don't want to go remote with my business, even though we're in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Because I'm scared. I don't want to get hacked. Mm-hmm. I need your help. But, 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 but this is like an illogical fear. So you have that side. Exactly. Of course, people fall in the middle all the time, too. Mm-hmm. But you have those extremes and people kind of just fall somewhere in the middle as well. Yeah. Um, but those people both, I'm sure you agree that both those extremes can be educated back to the middle. Yeah. I think the education part of the mm-hmm. the care process is what really you know, it's my favorite part of it, you know, outside. I like every part of it. I came up with care. So our ear at least, (laughs) but, um, 
I think the education, cause it's really, it's lasting. Cause you know, after we do the assessment remediation, we're gone. Yep. That's it for us. But the education, that's something they will carry on yeah. and hopefully continue to implement in their business. Cause they've now like, you know, maybe I'm the business owner that, you know, I'm oblivious to cybersecurity. I don't care. I, I'm, I care about making the most profits. Yeah. But now that, you know, I've been educated, I've been infor better informed about the risk that's out there. That kind of gives me more considerations for my business. And also from the other side, if I'm freaking out about the news, cause you know, a lot of people see the headlines about ransomware, you know, $20 million ransomware mm -hmm. and all these other companies getting sued because of all, you know, data leaks is another big one. Well, uh, it, it kind of brings them to the yeah. middle. Like you said that, Hey, you know, those things are happening, but. Right. Because we have to w walk a fine line mm -hmm. most of the time um, for the people that we consider to be a little bit more oblivious. We have to show them things that will make them care because, you know, Hey, there's NRS statutes that you need to be aware of mm -hmm. and ignorance of the law and all that. Right. Yeah. And then for the people who are a little bit hyperactive in their concern, mm -hmm. um, we kind of have to give them factual information to temper that, that, that fire. Relax the anxiety. Yeah, relax mm -hmm. the anxiety a little mm -hmm. bit. And then that, the, all that stuff is part of our processes. But another thing too, with the education piece is that there's millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars being spent on a daily, or I should say on a yearly basis, uh, to help small businesses with cyber constantly, mm -hmm. but nobody's looking like we mentioned. Right. So I guess one of our functions as well as the free cyber clinic is we kind of turn your head to look at the relevant things that you should be looking at as a small business owner, because, you know, it's not like they're being abandoned. They're, mm -hmm. they're very much recognized as the bedrock of the economy. Right. So I kind of want you to talk a little bit more about this because you're pretty well versed in it. Talk about the um, the critical supply chain and where oh. the supply, small businesses apply into that. Because, you know, some people might think, well, yeah, you're helping small businesses. But like, what's the bigger picture, right? Well, it's, it's not really the bigger picture in a sense. It's what what does um, that business do? Or how do they fall in the supply chain that can affect a bigger business? Does that make sense? So, so I mean, if you, okay, if we can take a look at it from an ecosystem mm. view, right? Um, if the smallest organisms are being eaten by a little bit bigger organism, a little bit bigger organisms, um, and then eventually you end up at your apex predators, right? Um, what happens if that smallest piece, that smallest organism disappears or is poisoned or something happens to it? Now the whole ecosystem ecosystem would collapse. Mm -hmm. It would collapse. And this is actually very apparent in some of the cases, some of the well publicized cases of attacks that happened on hospitals, etc. Because a restaurant next door got hacked first. Right. There's actually a pretty um, recent story about that, right? About the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of patient information was leaked because there was a cafe either near the hospital or within the hospital. Yeah. And it's very popular for a lot of these cafes and restaurants now since the pandemic to have the QR code menus. Right. So that QR code was compromised yeah. and that led to. Right. So somebody's probably using their phone that they got uh, maybe 
they got issued a phone or maybe they, that's their own personal phone, but they downloaded something on their phone from a very, which phone. is very common. Right. And then, and then they go, by the way, don't trust QR codes. That's an FYI for this podcast. <laughs> I don't like the fact that we're going to QR codes everywhere, honestly, because, uh, I mean, you, you can, you can adjust or modify a QR code with a Sharpie. Mm-hmm. I've read a paper where they were actually doing that. Um, and basically doing essentially typo squatting on, the QR, QR code. codes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, crazy. So I, I tend to not scan QR codes when I can. It's it, maybe it's a logical fear, but I still, you know, um, but that's besides the point. What I'm trying to get at here, though, is that, hey, so you are in a bank. Banks are very, you know, you don't want cyber attacks on banks. Exactly. Yep. OK. All right. Cool. Um, well, you just spent an insane amount of money hiring whoever you want to hire to look after your cybersecurity and you're doing all this stuff to make sure that you're secured. You're doing all this stuff to make sure that you're, uh, uh, you're not going to lose any data or money, what, what have you. Well, what about the company that you hired to come clean the floors at 12 AM? Mm-hmm. Is anybody watching out for them? They're walking around around your business when you're not even paying attention. Right. Another popular example is HVAC. Yeah. Well, you're back to the target. Back to the target. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually one of the biggest examples of this whole um, supply chain stuff. Uh, There's also uh, stuff that goes into hardware. Do you trust where your hardware is coming from? Mm. Um, so, you know, you have, uh, I remember I used to work uh, at my old job. They used to have couriers. Mm-hmm. Um, these couriers basically had their own companies and they would just move parcels back and forth. Okay. Well, if somebody hacks their phone or is tracking your package and steals it while they're not paying attention and so on and so forth, it's, it, it could be a bad day. It could be a very bad day. And that's why whenever, and I've had this before, And I feel very strongly about this. I've had people tell me, well, why do you care about a restaurant? Why do you care about a janitorial service? Why do you care about a small tax firm? Oh, that's because we need to secure our base. And I have no idea who else is using that service. Mm -hmm. That could be working for you at that big company. Right. Yeah. I mean, is it likely? Probably not. But why not? Right. Yeah, no, I completely agree. You have to make sure all your aspects are covered. And the third party services that a lot of companies uh, use, the HVAC, the the restaurants that they have on some of these builder, bigger buildings, they're just as important. Because yeah. what could it, you might, yeah, it might be just a restaurant, cool, or not cool, mm-hmm. but you know, what else is possible that could spawn from that? Yeah. And of course there's like the, 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 the sideline benefits as well because i mean think about it this way you got a a person starting a a small food truck Mm -hmm. and their food is really popular but we help them with their food truck and securing and because we we look at physical security as well and yes we look at all risks not just cyber that's just part of it a big part of it of course but Mm -hmm. it's almost comprehensive yeah it's very comprehensive but just to say this person on the food truck you know he becomes very popular now he opens a restaurant. Now he has opened several restaurants. Now he has a home office. I think that that experience that they have with cyber early on will probably translate to them taking it very seriously once that business grows as well. Right. 
So, yeah, I, I don't I'm not a, a fan of people who assume that smaller businesses are not really worth it. We shouldn't really care that much. Um, I think that's a that's a that's definitely a fallacy. Yeah. And given the amount of millions that are be, that's being spent trying to protect those businesses, I'm sure that most government agencies also disagree. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So. But they might have not had the best methodology about doing something right until recently or until we came along. And, you know, we've had a lot of government support what we're doing right in the community. So but but honestly, though, we're we're the only thing that really differentiates us from what they're trying to do, they're trying to educate as well. But the only difference is that we kind of boots on ground. We strap in and get Mm -hmm. ground and actually go there. We don't wait for you to come to us. We go to you. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, what we touched upon earlier, um, you know, why would you want to protect a small business? And, you know, I also want to bring to light the cost of, you know, a cyber attack. A lot of times, if a small business is a victim of a cyber attack, they're going out of business. Yeah, that's true. They're done. That's it. Cause I don't know the metric off the top of my head, but it's yeah. enough to put them out of business. Um, and you might be thinking, well, why isn't, why isn't the small business securing itself? Mm-hmm. It was what we talked about earlier because the cost of these assessments just to generate paperwork, yeah, just to go in there and tell you what's wrong. I know you guys have heard the story of like the repairman comes in to check your washer and dryer just to tell you what's wrong is like a hundred, 200 bucks. Yeah. It's the same story in cyber, but thousands and thousands of dollars just to generate paperwork. And we haven't even fixed anything yet. You're still vulnerable and you're already out 25 grand, 35 grand. And these are just ballpark fears that we've heard from industry professionals and we haven't, we haven't done anything yet. So what's nice about us is that it's volunteer, right? Right. It's absolutely volunteer. It's uh, it's absolutely free. And it's actually kind of funny how, when you mentioned that it was ballpark because most people that we talk to and we ask, well, how much would you, would you charge this kind of business for your services? Everybody's cagey. Nobody wants to tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends. That's what, what you get. Well, it depends. I'm not so sure. It depends. Well, we have to see. The reason why is because it's just not cost effective. So they're not being evil by trying to charge you 20 grand to go and do an assessment for you. They're not trying to you know, break your bank. What they're saying is, well, this is the cost that makes sense for us when I have to go do an assessment on 100 endpoints. When I have to figure out what 2,000 employees are doing and so on and so forth. Right. So when, when I have to go out there, this is the cost that it, that makes sense. So they're, they're targeting who they're targeting and they're pricing they're, they're, they're themselves at, at a point where they're probably not going to be able to. So, for example, say I was a small business owner mm-hmm. and I really wanted the help of a professional cybersecurity firm to come and look over my restaurant. Right. They're going to charge me 20 grand and they'll do a fantastic job. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Right. And the thing is, is that. I'm going to look at them, say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just a person who's crazy and I would I want to spend 20 grand that, mm-hmm. on, on an assessment like this. The thing is, is that even all their recommendations and the stuff that they tell you to do based on all the frameworks, whatever framework you may choose. You can't even do right. You can't. It's, it's not even. And, and that's trying to get you as close to 100 percent as possible for absolute locking you down 
and then allowing your business to still function because that's, that's part of it too. Mm -hmm. But you don't have a sock. You don't have any, anything, you don't have anything that, Oh, you need, you need a, a SIM. Oh, I do. You need to uh, back up your logs. What? Yeah. And all of that. So what we're trying to say when we say it's 20 grand for uh, the services that we perform, that's, that's kind of, this is what you would have to pay to get the service that is well beyond what we offer. Mm -hmm. But no one is going to offer it to you for cheaper because they're going to want to go the whole way. Right. Right. It's like going in for a haircut and mm -hmm. like, I just have this one hair I want off. They're going to well, say, okay, you're going to have to pay 20 bucks. We're going to charge you how we normally charge you. Right. right? As, as soon as those scissors hit the hair. The job's a job. The job's a job. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be like, well, I'll charge you 20 cents because you're only wanting that one hair. That's, that's not how it works. Maybe that's not the best. No, no. I, th I think I understand. Right. So, yeah. So when we tell people about the 20 grand figure, 25, whatever, um, they're, they're shocked. They're like, well, how? What do you mean? This is crazy. Well, that's because... We're getting you a, a good percentage of weight there by doing honestly very common sense and simple stuff. Right. You know, don't write down your passwords. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Can I charge you 20 grand for that? A lot of, a lot of simple stuff can be done to prevent these major things. Um, but I wanted to bring it back to where we first started to kind of wrap mm -hmm. all this together. Why, why are we here? Why are we starting this podcast? What is our reason? You know, Cyber Clinic Central, our main goal is to talk about Cyber Clinic news, things we see in the field, things that are new with us. Um, we're also here to, to, like we said earlier, describe some of the cybersecurity concepts that, that, concepts that we parody in our skits. Mm. Um, we have a lot of skits um, that we come out with um, that we would like to bring attention to in a lighthearted manner and in a serious manner because... The lighthearted manner, in my eyes at least, it gets more people in the door to cyber and kind of like, hey, that was funny. Ha ha. You know, what does it really mean, though? And then you can come here and we can say, hey, this is the actual implications X, Y, Z of what we just talked about in that video. And on top of that, um, we have a lot of industry professionals that we've networked with. And no, we're not talking ports um, <laughs> that we have conversations with like like this all the time. They're just not on a pod. Um, they're, you know, at coffee shops at, over dinner. And we're, we plan on bringing a lot of special guests um, to come and talk to you guys. CISOs, um, government officials, pr professors in the industry, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's perfect because, yeah, one of the things that you probably should identify right off the bat is who is this for, right? Mm -hmm. So this is for us because we want to talk to and and preserve uh, information from people who mentor us and help us out. Um, people who have something to say to us, people who can give us advice on how to improve. So that's one. And then it's also for the client. Right. Something that we can point them to and say, hey, look, you know, there's this really funny sketch that we did, but here's the thing that will explain to you why it's important. And lastly, it's for anyone who's interested in cyber and maybe wants to kind of get involved with what we're doing as a community here. Right. No, I think you, I think you place per perfectly. And with that being said, uh, thank you guys for tuning in to cyber clinic central. Uh, my name is George. Uh, yeah, I'm Maddie and, uh, we'll catch you next time.